As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be. Oh man, it's eight o'clock. And so that'll make it a. I don't need the spotlight. I shine just fine. Hi, I'm Karma, and yes, I am a bitch. Brav Bros. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Brav Bros, your favorite podcast from the bros for everybody, for whoever wants to listen. I am your co-host, co-host Steel Russell, whoops, joined as always by Shooter Magooder and a very special guest today. We have Kate Casey from Reality Life with Kate Casey joining us to recap a little Roni and talk a little OC. Kate, how are you today? Good. Glad to see the Phillies hat. Oh, yeah. Glad to be uh, back with my peeps. My KC hat is because my little brother just got drafted by the Royals. That's the only reason I wear this Stop hat. Stop it. Are you kidding? Yeah, he went in the 18th round. So that's why I'm wearing this. Uh, for our listeners that don't know, Kate is a fellow Philadelphian. Um, so she's shouting out Shooter's Phillies hat. But that's why I'm yes. wearing this. Wait, just for a second. Did you cry your face off? When he got drafted? Uh, yes. I did not cry. I got choked up. That's but so he surprising. Me. I know. I cry all the time, too. Um, no, I was talking to him leading up to it because I played, I got drafted by the Orioles and I played for like five or six years. So I was keeping up with him, like trying to, uh, talk him through it. It's like the best worst few days of your life because yes, all the scouts tell you that you're projected for this round and you're projected for this round, but they don't really know. So the rounds that you're thinking you're going to go in, come and go. And then you start panicking and you're like, oh, God, I'm not going to get drafted. So he was like going through that whole thing. So I was trying to walk him through it a little bit, but he ended up going 18th round to the Royals. Okay. Speed round of questions. Where do you play uh, high school? IMG Academy in Florida. Oh, okay. My daughter goes to modern day, which is okay. like a big rival. Yeah. Um, where did he go to college? He did not. He went he right did. out of high school. He, he was straight. committed. He had a scholarship to University of Florida. Oh. But for and then what, what position? Drafted as a shortstop. Uh, sorry, played shortstop his whole career, but he got drafted as a catcher like me. And oh, my wow. dad. Okay. My dad and, played for the Phillies. And did you? Oh, Jesus. This is the greatest <laughs> day of my life. And then um, did you guys watch The Captain? No. Oh, uh, with Jeter, the docu series on Derek yeah, Jeter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, I, I was thinking um, Tom Hanks, whatever that Captain Phillips, <laughs> Captain Phillips. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah, a good movie. I, I think J- Jeter should have retired like a season earlier. I feel Most like guys he, should. He yeah, but wasn't his last hit in the regular season a home run that won the game? Or no, he walked it off with a single or something, and he hit a home run a, his last game. His last mm-hmm. hit was a hit. It could easily have been registered as an error, but because it was Jeter's uh, last yeah. at bat, they gave him a hit, and they should have. And I think that rings true. Welcome to Sports Talk with the Broad Bros and Kate. Uh, I think it <laughs> rings true with most athletes that get to retire. Yeah. Like A lot of athletes don't get the privilege of retiring on their own terms, but... For most guys, yeah, they probably should have hung it up a little earlier. Brett Favre should have hung it up earlier. Michael Jordan probably should have hung it up like a year earlier. There's a yeah, you can go just, through like, the they, list. They don't I think wait. It's, hard. it's yeah. tough. It's all. Okay, it's all we've done our last whole life. Last question. Last question is: Did you guys watch BS High? BS High. No. no. Oh my God. BS High. Wait, you're gonna die. Okay. Are you familiar with the Bishop Sycamore story? Oh no, oh, we didn't watch that one yet. Yeah, no, we'll I, watch I watched the stupid. Watch it. I watched the stupid uh, University of Florida documentary, and I feel like they yeah, left no, out no, 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 so much information. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I was so disappointed. Yeah, it, exactly. Swamp. BS yeah, High. It was just like Urban Meyer support. Sorry. 
Yeah, no, it was. I need you to savor that for this weekend. I need you to just really give some time for yourself and just enjoy every moment of BSI. That one is going to get a ton of awards. I interviewed the co-directors. That story is insane. You're going to love every single second of it, but IMG comes up in it because they, they basically them, right? modeled it after IMG. Yeah, no, we. I, I remember that coming out. I remember that being such a huge story, and nobody knew what was going on. And it looks like this guy is just the biggest con man in the world. The biggest con man. Love that. Unbelievable. That's got to be such great television. But you're laughing, but then you're horrified. Like some of the players had like just gotten out of jail. They had like kids. Right. And I'm like, you know what? I was watching uh, like a clip from the little league game. It was like a 12 year old. I'm like, there's no way that kid is 12. Like he looked at least. 18 like it was i think there's so much conning in sports anyway oh, i think you're gonna to love it well it's you're like danny almonte it. pitching for uh for new york back in the day oh, when yeah, was that? like it was 304 yeah. when he was old. he was like 16 years old i feel like a 12 year old that was great you know well, img what they do is they go to each state and they steal all of the five-star recruits from all the major high yeah. schools and then they bring them to florida just for the football season and they send them back to the point the that back. the state of georgia has banned img from playing against them in any football games like the entire state. I think Alabama's on the list now yeah. too. Are they? Well, we yeah. we played modern day played IMG two years ago and it was like a big deal, like the big rivalries. And I would like you to know that modern day beat them. No, did they? That's not easy. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. number one team every year. <laughs> but, uh, we could talk. Wait, this Kate, actually, this is a good. It's a good segue, actually, because we the Phillies had a uh, influencer night last week. Oh, for yeah. all the Philadelphia based influencers, anybody who's big on social media, we were not invited. What? Curious. Shooters very. You scorned. should be. That's that's insane. During You're the World upset. Series last year, we were getting people from Montana involved in the Phillies. I they were cheering for the Phillies. They never watched any sports before. They never watched any baseball before. We single handedly brought in new fans. We were invited. Pissed off. Yeah. You should be pissed off. I was driving two kids to school this morning, and I was telling them that I watched two videos that I want, like I want to get myself like excited about something. Yeah, And I was talking about the Villanova basketball game when they won the national championship. And I was explaining to this girl in the back of the car how Philadelphia fans are so insane that they grease the, they have to grease the uh, light post to be able to climb, climb it. And she was like, why? Went, because we're insane. We are but insane Other cities people. do that. Other cities, like after the Nuggets won the uh, NBA championship this year, there were people on top of light posts. So I think that other <laughs> cities are just going to have to follow suit and just do we what they, uh, Philly does. Yeah, yeah, we started that whole trend. But I have to say, this makes me happy because I've lived in California a long time, and my husband goes, "If you love Philadelphia so much, why don't we live there?" And I said, "I know, but the weather's so much better, and I can't make peace with that." But Philadelphia people really are the greatest people in the whole world. They're the most talkative, the most interested, the most down to earth. Yes, we're direct. We like cut right to the chase but we're the most fun to hang out with. And we really are interested in other people in a way. I just don't think other people in the country are. You got that right. That's a yeah. great advertisement for Philly. Put it on <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Maybe I'll get invited to an influencer event. Yeah, yeah we'll get sure. invited. We won't. When they make, when, no, you will. I'll make it happen. There we go. Thank you for the support. Um, we could talk sports the rest of the time, but let's dive into a little bit I of Bravo. Could- you, you can too. always uh, have me back to talk about the best sports docu-series to ever watch. Like oh, that's that. good. That's yeah, we'll good. do a special special episode. I yeah. like that. But I want to talk about, real quick, before we get into Roni, this is our first 
season of Orange County. We've never watched it before. We know some of the characters, what? obviously. Yeah, <gasps> this is our first go round. I'm so, kind of jealous of that. I'm jealous of that really? in a way. Like I recommend a, a good book to someone and then I'm jealous of it. Like you're getting to experience this page by page for the first time. I'm jealous that you're experiencing it because isn't it wild to watch it? Now you guys, now the lens of this coming from the same place and now I live there. Can oh, you imagine me? Can you imagine the two of you living there? That's no, this is my life never. every day. Never this is be. every day. <laughs> I, I don't think I don't think I could honestly live there. Well, as someone that's been involved with the show for a long, much longer time than we have, how is this season going in your eyes? It's a lot better than the last season. Um, last season, and I say that, and I like helped my friend get on the show, kind of. When she was on the show, she was a one one season wonder. Um, it was so much better than last season. Uh, but, okay, let me just say this. I've watched it from the beginning. I just moved to Orange County. I was eating lunch at a Greek restaurant and I took out like a city paper because there was nothing to read. And there was this article about a group of women that were starting a show called The Real Housewives of Orange County. And a woman named Vicki Gumbelson was talked hey. about in the piece. And the reporter said, she just is the mouthpiece for everybody, but it's not at their request. Like she just talks over them all the time. So I was like, oh, this is interesting. And again, I just moved there. So I started watching the show and it was like I was watching Animals in the Wild. I just thought, <laughs> oh my God, where did I move to? So I've watched it since then. And now I'm like living here and the, a lot of them, our lives intersect. I watch a lot of unscripted television. I think that they missed the mark on the show. And here's how the experience that I have seen and is very true to so many people that live here is that living here means that everyone here is going to look exactly the same. So on the East coast, we, there's the paranoia about setting, you know, you want to set the trend here. It's a paranoia about being part of the trend. So you have to have the same car. You have to have the same house. Everybody, Who's your designer? There's no substantial conversations about anything but other than surface. Um, do you go on, where, where do you go on trips? It'll be 15 couples that go to Palm Springs together and they're wearing matching with matching trucker hats that say like diva girl or like something the same, oh, um, no. same hair, same doctor, same everything. And then also it's near impossible to be an outsider to come here because it's a, it's like a culture of clicks. So you all went to the same elementary and then you went to Newport Harbor High School or CDM and then you went to USC and you had to be in the sorority and then everybody moves back here and they all still hang out together. So if you are from an outsider from Philadelphia, from New York, or even from inland, they do not accept you. They don't care about you. They won't talk to you at a party. So for me, the idea that someone from Coto to Casa and Dana Point would be talking to somebody from Newport would never exist because people even in the same town won't talk to the other person. If it, your lives don't intersect and you didn't go to the, all the same schools or you didn't marry somebody who went to that school. So that part of it, I think they really miss out on the show, which makes it so specific the shows ultimately should have like the city or the the, the spot they are like the like a character in the show right like new york mm -hmm. and orange county um i just feel like they miss telling the real story of orange county it's a suburban story beverly hills is a story about really rich people who all it's an industry town new york is an industry town so is atlanta 
Orange County, the only industry here that's really prevalent is real estate. And it's a suburban story. So it should be a lot about women and their children in a way right. that I don't think you have to tell in Beverly Hills in New York. And this show, there are barely any kids shown anymore. And I think it's because most of the housewives have either divorced and under the circumstances of their divorce agreement, they can't have their kids on or their kids are way too old because they've been on the show for too long. So I think the show could, should be completely scrapped and I don't like people to lose their jobs. I'm not saying like they all should be fired. I don't know, make something else up on the side, but like it needs to be a fresher story. And also in Orange County, there are all these little pockets. So, um, even like the coastal city, like Newport, Corona del Mar, Laguna, um, like there's a certain, like the area I live in is very, um, like surfy, like surf people, like they're not like dressed up all the time. Right. But then you have Corona del Mar is a little bit more pretentious. Crystal Cove where Heather lives is like a lot of international money and a lot of outsiders. So they're trying to like look the part and they'll have like labels, 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 labels. Laguna beach is total surfer. Then if you go inland, it's really diverse. So that's the other part of the story. They don't really tell is like, there's so much diversity in orange County, but they only choose women that kind of represent this one area. So those are the things that I kind of think that they miss. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think that kind of rings true for a lot of the things like Steele said, this is the first time that we're really diving deep into this. We notice a lot of that up front where we say, one, it doesn't look like a lot of the women are actually friends. They're basically just co-workers. Co-workers. And, and when they start talking about each other and each other's secrets and relationships, it hits way different because this isn't a friend talking about your relationship. It's somebody that you're kind of loosely acquainted with that's yeah. talking about something that's very serious in your life. So we kind of dislike that. But we also like to talk about how bringing in kids kind of shows okay yeah we can humanize it and then we can kind of grow a little closer to them and on oc specifically we don't get a lot of those moments so steel and i don't really find a way to get attached to these women we're trying mm -hmm. to find different instances that kind of ring a little bit more true for us and, and make us feel a little bit better and we're not getting any of that i agree i think that make maybe scrapping it would have been a better call but i think they wanted to bring it back one year and obviously the timing with roni coming out with a whole new cast you can't do two main shows with a whole new cast it looks a little weird so they probably want to see what roni looks like first Aww. and then bring out a new cast for oc but then there, did you hear this did you hear atlanta, this about atlanta yeah the b scott thing no, that's going to be very probably going to do it i think yeah. they should have done i've said for a long time like you need new stories. I get mm -hmm. bored by the same people. It's like, like, like I said here, what's weird. Like you go to a party and there's an outsider and they don't even talk to the outsider. I'm like, aren't you bored talking to the same people all the time? I feel that way about housewives. I'm like, like, I, and no disrespect to some of them, but I'm like, I know your life. I know the lens through which you look at life. I know how you react. I want to be surprised. I want to pull back the layer. You know, and I think that that's the, I think the housewives has become stale in that way. So if they should, I think they should do it for each city. I think that's a yeah, really good I, segue I so into the new Roni reboot. And we have been enjoying yeah. it. I've really been enjoying it. How about you? What's your take? Do you like the reboot? Do you think they're doing it the right way? Or are you like, more of the OG? No, no, no. I like the reboot. I like it because again, same thing. Like I was bored by all their stories a long time ago. And I also think like, especially post COVID, you have to tell the modern story of those cities, right? Yeah. So 
you know, the old legacy, it was like basically all white women. New York is one of the most diverse cities in the entire country, if not world. And you need to tell really interesting stories. And I'm going to give you an example. Like I just had interviewed Jessel that interviews on Thursday. So we're talking about it, uh, about aspects of the show and her life. It, you're looking at it through a completely different lens than had you talked about the same issues like fertility Mm. or marriage with somebody who's been on the show for so long. You want like a new and modern take on it. So in Jessel's case, I was asking her about her marriage because as you've seen, she shared that she and her husband had not been intimate for like, I don't know, a year and change after the birth of their twins. And some of the women were horrified. Well, then in talking to her, I started to ask her about her parents. Now her parents are from Ken or moved from Kenya as part of the diaspora um, to London, but they're originally from India. And she said from like this specific area in India. And I asked her, oh, did you ever see the Indian matchmaker? Because I was watching that show and I noticed a lot of the single couples are from that area. And she said she had just seen that and noticed that in two. And then it led to a conversation about how her parents were part of an arranged marriage. Well, then I'm like, wait a minute, their idea on marriage is totally different than an American. An American's idea of marriage is like, you marry the person that you're super passionate about. And then it's sometimes like nosedives, right? After a couple of years, or you have to work at it. But in an Indian marriage, they're looking at it as the long game. Like you marry somebody who you can see a friendship with, and then the passion sort of develops over time. Interesting. So we're watching this show, judging her on an American experience. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's an interesting show because you have all of these women. A lot of them are multiracial and uh, multicultural. And you're consistently like, learning more about not only them, but their cultures and rethinking the way you look at something like fertility, intimacy and marriages, how you parent friendships. Um, In Jessel's case, immigration, like Sai thinks that she's this very entitled woman. And then you talk to her, okay, her parents were part of the diaspora. They go to London, they're self-made. The mother sacrificed her dreams to raise her daughter um, she moves to the U.S. when she's 22. She just gets shelter from two uncles, not like monetary support, and is self-made. Mm. She's not entitled. She's probably um, having a really unique immigrant experience, especially as a woman and a woman of color. So that's why I like that show, because the norms that we've accepted on Housewives over 15 years are completely flipped now. Yeah. And that's why it's a better, more modern story. Yeah, yeah that, I think that that's that. That, pretty much that's that's the direction that Steele and I wanted Bravo to go into. You really have to show something that's going to appeal to the modern generations. You can't yeah. keep going after the same thing where it's old white women that have a lot of money and they buy a bunch of things. That's not going to appeal to me, certainly not me, but it's also not going to do anything for anybody who's in Gen Z and you want to keep it going. Otherwise you're yeah. going to be a failing franchise. You're going to be a failing network. So mm-hmm. keep leaning into these things and look, 
the two can be mutually exclusive. You're allowed to really love Roni Legacy. You're allowed to love the winning oh, yeah. from the past. And you're also allowed to enjoy the show. There's too many people, few and I guess they're few and far between, but we get a lot of comments about it, where they won't even watch the new show because they're just so obsessed with Dorinda or so obsessed with Luann or whatever. Get into the new show and just enjoy it. It can be a completely different experience. I think that maybe some of that can be chalked up for Bravo not promoting it the right way. Maybe they should have instead of just doing Roni season 14 they should have done Roni I don't know a new well, era I think or something get, like you, that you'll get that when they when they do the trip which is a much right. better use of their time and I don't think they would have ever been, come to an agreement in terms of how long they filmed and what they would have been compensated for but I think a trip is perfect because you just get a like a piece of it yep, I don't right. think that there's enough going on where you could have filmed for four months based no. on years and years of following them I mean you got to have like, you got to mix it up. It's time. And like, it's the legacy's perfect. The legacy trip, because it's like one last hurrah, like a final farewell. Here's six episodes to be you again. And we can see the OGs do their thing one more time, then sail off into the sunset. Maybe they come back sporadically with other girls trips and things like that. But you think it's going to be six episodes. I feel like it's going to be like 12, probably like 15. Really push it. Yeah. yeah. Well, but depending on how is, insane it is. Yeah. Right. But with that crew, and with all the people that we get in our comments saying, you know, we're not going to watch this new one, like Sonia and Dorinda for life, all this stuff. You stopped watching the original cast. That's why they had to reboot it is because people stopped watching it. So all these people that are dying yeah. on the hill of I'm not going to watch a new franchise with new women. It's like, well, you gave up on the old one. So maybe give this a new chance, like a fresh start, see how it goes. We've loved it so far. We think it's everything that Bravo should be pushing as far as what a new franchise should look like. Like Shooter said, appealing to the younger generation, allowing us to be able to connect to these women more because we want them to be emotionally intelligent. We want them to care about feelings yeah. and shit like that. That's important to our generation. <laughs> like we, we don't want to yeah. just see ice cold people on the TV screen being ice cold to one another. We want some understanding and sympathy. Do we want some drama where they're just being bitchy? Mm -hmm. For sure but not 24 seven. We need a mix now. And I think that they're doing a good job with this franchise. I yeah. think the cast is doing a good job. And as you said, in one of the most diverse cities on the planet, we need to see yeah. representation. And I think they finally did a good job of that by giving us a multi-ethnic cast that is giving us a lot of different backgrounds. And I think it's been great thus far, but let's jump into this episode. I, I do like that. I do still like that it, it, it does cover classism too, which I think is such a yeah. New York story too. Like oh, yeah. Aaron's family having all this um, perceived privilege, like Aaron and Sai seem always at war with one another because Sai did not come from privilege. Mm -hmm. Although she has it now, this question of can you really fully um, let go of your own life experiences and bitterness because of it and develop a friendship with someone who, when you're a friend to them, you're allowing yourself to be confronted with the realities of what you lacked as a child, because you can see that they received them. Yeah. Like, I just think that's so interesting. Yeah, it is. There's a lot of intriguing concepts that are being presented, a lot of dynamics that I want to see play out. I want to watch how each character handles it. Like you said, it's interesting to see how those two are. Are they going to come together? Or are they going to be at odds the whole season because there's the an season. underlying yeah. resentment? But well, I just feel like I, you talking about Jessel, and obviously you've got an interview coming out with her on Thursday. You said, 
I would have liked to have seen Jessel sort of portray that type of backstory of her own earlier on in the season because we didn't know enough and Steele and I talked about it all these situations that she got herself in we just thought that she was privileged we thought she was a princess but she didn't really convey it to her castmates and we talked about it earlier with OC these women don't really know each other that well but I'm happy to see them interacting and trying and trying Mm -hmm. to get to know each other on a deeper level if Jessel had maybe portrayed that a little earlier in the season she would have had a little bit of fan support was that I think she was still in the thick of postpartum. Okay. Like the scene where she comes down the steps and Jenna gives her the negligee and she's like, mm-hmm. this is so ugly and it looked like a Christmas tree. It's such a female specific um, lens, but she felt terrible about the way she looked. That's a part of the reason she it doesn't want to be intimate with her husband. She's works in the fashion industry. She has the baby later. She goes through all this IVF and she's doing shots and she felt bloated. Then she has the the twins. Your body's totally different after a baby, let alone twins. And now she's filming this television show. I think she was so in her head about the way she looked that it manifested in the worst way. To her credit, which I think I can give more credit to the housewives in New York more than probably other franchises, is that she sees this playback and she's like, I don't even recognize the person. Yeah, that I that that I filmed, but I think it was very much because of the postpartum. Okay. Yeah, we talked about it a little bit. Obviously, we can only speculate so much because we're two men, and we want to always be courteous and not speak on something that doesn't affect us. But you know, watch your empathetic. You can see it. And we work. I actually, uh, I'm a personal trainer as well, and I do a lot of postpartum training. Um, yeah. And so I've worked with multiple women fresh off of having a child and not only the, you know, the physical changes, but the emotional changes, the, the hormone imbalances, trying to get back to kind of this neutral can it's, it's interesting, I guess. And you're on a TV show. Right. And And, you're on a TV show where everyone is comparing like Cy is constantly bringing up the food issue. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Every time, like like, every week and it's fucking annoying. Are you are you suggesting it's it one and like is it one of two things? Are you suggesting she has an eating disorder, or are you um, knocking uh, her for being cheap? Oh, like, and both things are horrible. Right. They're, I mean, that's horrible. I didn't even think about it that way. I was I just either. thinking that she was just in, kind of being annoying. Yeah, like we I didn't get that deep into it. We're like we're, we were just tired of hearing it, so we just said, chalked it up to being really annoying. But thinking about it on a deeper level, yeah, that's a really good point there. That is a good huh. point. Um, but let's start out. Uh, I just want to touch real quick on the photo shoot scene with Jenna in the beginning or Judith, AKA Mm -hmm. Jenna genitalia, which is a great backstory, but this is the first time we've seen Jenna open up at all in telling this story. And she's doing it to help out her models or prospective models. She wants them to feel comfortable and calm. And she is actually very warming in this scene where she seems to connect with them and settle them down. She shares a little bit about herself and Sai comments and says, it was nice to see that, but why can't she do that with the group? And do you think that we're going to get more out of Jenna? That's my only issue with Jenna. I love Jenna. I think she's so captivating. I think her backstory is so interesting. She's fun to watch, but we're getting to a point now where it's like, I need more. I need to dive into her life more. Yeah. We heard you just broke up with your girlfriend. That's gotta Mm -hmm. be tough we're still not getting into it that much. So do you think we're going to get more out of Jenna or Judith? I do. I do. But you know this, that sometimes extroverts, 
at first are the most like charismatic, but then you get in a one-on-one situation and it's all about them. Mm-hmm. But conversely, sometimes people that are awkward in groups are actually the most fantastic in one-to-one conversations. They're the most warm and open. I think Jenna is a kind of person that it gets rattled in group situations and it's going to take her some time to get used to that. I think she's much better when she feels like she um, doesn't have to entertain in a full room. It's just not her comfort zone. So I think I've interviewed her before the show actually, because she had a show on HBO max and I thought she was really interesting um, and quirky Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes if you're quirky and a little socially awkward, it could take you a minute to get used to the cameras, get used to being part of an ensemble. And and because of that, sometimes the audience just takes a minute to, to kind of understand your quirks. But ultimately, I think in historically, Housewives, those that are the quirkiest are the most beloved. I think that's a good point, but I I get worried sometimes that she's not going to come out of her shell to this group of women. And before she does that, before she even gets the chance, you're going to have people like Sai kind of giving her shit for not coming out. And in that instance that we saw with her at the uh, rehearsal, she's talking to a stranger and sharing information that she hasn't shared with Sai, hasn't shared with the rest of the group. So I get Mm -hmm. kind of worried that the rest of the group is going to kind of condemn her for doing something like that, not opening up to the group, but opening up to a stranger. It It could could be be an an age age issue. That's a good point. She's like, I don't feel safe. Um, I don't have any commonality or I need to see. Plus, um, it's interesting too, like Sai ripping on her in this episode, like about having all the products, like, oh, Mm -hmm. it's, you know, a collaboration when Sai's actually an influencer. If you're Jenna, maybe you're like, you know, some of the things you do, it you're not very warm and open. You're like looking for a mistake I'm about to make so you can rip on me. Right, right. So I don't know. We also just She's saw Sai last episode. too. She was the outsider. They were all kind of pulled in by two or three friends. I interviewed the executive producer, Lisa Shannon, mm-hmm. and she said that it really was one woman in particular that had kind of like pulled them all together. And then, of course, when I asked Jessel about was it Lizzie, the girl who never made it to air or Priya, this other woman? And she said, no, it was this other woman, Savannah. So I think there are all these, you know, people in the sidelines that kind of brought them together. But I still think there some of them are in the beginning stages of like, who are you? How do our lives pains. intersect? Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. And I think we'll see a lot of that as they get more comfortable with, because as we know, the housewives, yes, they're real people, but they also play a character on the screen like they're played up a little bit so i think watching them navigate as far as how they want to present themselves on the screen we'll see that sort of take shape this season and then next season i think oh, we'll no, see but that's them... what sucks yeah you know what i mean that's a yeah good because yeah. that is too it's like this is such a great period because this is truly the, the, the most real. authentic version of themselves right. mm-hmm. and then second season it. they're gonna go, they're gonna have all these people in their ear going you know you should really lean into that Yep. And then they're in their heads all the time. But they're trying to Bravo, rebrand themselves on camera. Yeah. Hopefully they can continue to keep it as genuine and authentic as it has been. I think that's why we like it as much I as don't we think do. It's Bravo's fault. I think it's the I think it's the cast person's fault. I agree. Fault I'm saying I'm yeah. hoping the Bravo people can... in their orbit, you know what I mean? They're yeah, like, no, you know, yeah. like their friend from college is like, oh my God, girl, I hate that other girl. <laughs> don't ever like when you're seen with her, don't talk to her. And it's like uh, too much noise no, in their head. Point. 
Are your subscriptions draining your wallet? The average person has around 12 paid subscriptions, and they might not even remember subscribing to half of those. If you have no idea just how much you're spending each month, you need Rocket Money. It's this great app that tracks all of your expenses so you know exactly where your money is going. Seriously, think of how many free trials you've subscribed to that you probably never canceled. That's why I'm such a big fan of Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Most people think they're spending 80 on their subscriptions, when in reality, the number's closer to $200. When you're signed up for so many things, like streaming services you use to watch one show, or free trials for delivery you don't use, it's so easy to lose track of what you're paying for. With Rocket Money, you can easily cancel the ones you don't want with just the press of a button. No more long hold times or annoying emails with customer service. Rocket Money does all the work for you. Rocket Money also lets you monitor all of your expenses in one place, recommends custom budgets based on your past spending, and they'll even send you notifications when you've reached your spending limits. With over 3 million users and counting, Rocket Money customers have saved an average of $720 a year. That's a lot of money. Save that money. Go on vacation instead. Stop paying for subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash bravbros. That's rocketmoney.com slash bravbros. Rocketmoney.com slash bravbros. What's up, bros? Fall is right around the corner, and HelloFresh is here to help you plan for the busy season ahead. With tasty dishes delivered to your door, simply choose your recipes and pick your delivery date, then lay back and enjoy the last days of summer knowing that your dinner is covered. Does it seem like your family is hungry like all the time? Add snacks and sides and more to your weekly HelloFresh order. Just simply shop HelloFresh Market and take your pick from a curated selection of over 100 add-on items. Look, I go to the grocery store a lot. I'm a private chef. I have to shop weekly. It's annoying. I hate the grocery store. I know you guys don't want to go to the grocery store. How much better would it be to have a box of fresh ingredients delivered to your door with a recipe included? Are you kidding me? It's like a dream come true for me. I don't have to get takeout anymore. I don't have to cook more for myself and think about what I want for dinner after I've cooked all day for clients. Now it's all there for me. It's fresh. The recipes are inventive. They're delicious. I'm a huge fan of this. I wish I'd started using HelloFresh earlier. If you have not tried it, now is the time to try it. It's so easy. I scoured each box. I looked at each ingredient, made sure it was fresh, up to par, and guess what? It all was. This is like a chef's dream come true. I don't have to think about anything. The recipe's there for me. I just throw it all together at night. It's quick, and guess what? It tastes great. So stop going to the grocery store. Stop Googling a bunch of random recipes. Stop trying to figure out what you're going to eat for dinner tonight. Let HelloFresh pick it for you. And like I said, you can add items on. You can get snacks. You can get the good stuff. You don't have to go to the middle aisles of the grocery store anymore. You can just pick it on HelloFresh. Stop going to the grocery store. So when you're ready to make the switch and you're ready to try it out, go to HelloFresh.com slash 50BravBros and use code 50BravBros for 50% off plus free shipping. That's right. You get 50% off plus free shipping. There's no reason for you not to do it. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 50BravBros. Use code 50BravBros for 50% off plus free shipping. That's a good point, but let's move on to the next scene I want to talk about. We got Aaron and Abe breaking down the party, and 
we have issues with two other women. We have issues with Bryn and we have an issue with Sai. Now, the Sai thing with the food, I'm sick of it, whether mm -hmm. it's genuine, whether there's something behind the scenes that we don't know about. It's just coming off as bratty. It's coming off as annoying. Like every, you have an issue with food mm -hmm. everywhere we go now. And we've had multiple different types of food. She keeps highlighting the fact that they were passing around pigs in a blanket at this event. I am 100% positive that the only food there was not pigs in a blanket. There was other options there. Come to find out she's yeah, also a pescatarian. Which means Her that if size? you have a... Yeah, size a pescatarian. She said that in the last episode. So if you have a she specific had, diet... She must have grown up in a house where you had no food options. There, were, there was either no food or they could only afford certain foods. And I'll be interested to see how that unfolds if she kind of unravels that a little bit like that seems to be her biggest trigger uh, like, food. in other in other words was was money freedom in this in this in a micro in a micro way like i can buy whatever i want to eat and as small as that seems she's resentful of people that like food was never really a big issue for them if that comes out to be the reason behind it that would be I want to say that will vindicate all of the complaining about food, but honestly, I don't think it will. I just, I, I don't want to hear a, it's just rude at this point. Yeah. It's not, it's not a full have. vindication. It's definitely not full. Right. It, it's just, okay. There's a reason for it, but it's still annoying. So just right. stop. I would it. It's, 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 but yeah. the bigger, the bigger issue isn't that she was complaining about the food. The bigger issue is just that she didn't say goodbye. I mean, she that's bounced. really all it is. Just, that's what it boils down to. You left an engagement party. You didn't say bye. Everybody was walking over to Aaron as it was. Just reach in and just say, hey, you know, I had a really long day. I had to go to my kid's musical rehearsal or whatever it was earlier. I'm a little tired. I'm going to grab something to eat on the way home. I'll see you later. This is a beautiful party. Bye. Boom. Done. It's just rude. I mean, that's She's really what it boils down to. She's, She's going to Nobu. Well, it doesn't matter. You can go have a full know, meal if I you want to. Honest. Just say bye. I do an Irish goodbye all the time. The Irish goodbyes are fine at different events. Like at the bar, I'll Irish goodbye my friends yeah, all the yeah, time. Yeah. But at a specific, like you don't leave a wedding without yeah, yeah, saying you're bye. Right, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. And not to mention, <laughs> and we say this all the time, you're on TV. You're on camera. You're mic'd up. She's going to know yeah. that you left early. She's going to know that you left because they're serving piggies in a blanket and you think this party sucks. That's what it, like, it always baffles me. And I know that they're not supposed to register that there's a camera yeah, in their face, but come on. That felt so evil and targeted. It's it's it like, did. are you trying to say she's cheap or that like she's got these eating? Like it seems really mean. Yeah. But either way, the party mean. looked great. Like it was, was it boring at times? Yeah. We, we both agree no more than two speakers max. And both of those, if you have two speakers at an event, they both need to be able to play the room without staring at a phone the yeah, whole time funny i firmly oh, I believe one speaker that. only yeah the speaking thing don't was awful. like unless you memorized it don't stand up there no one yep. wants to look you read off of a phone and nobody cares about Is your little side stories at weddings now are yeah, people doing that at weddings now oh yeah, yeah. people oh, yeah. have like full like five page essays that they have written up it's, it's at, on like their in phone. the wedding and they're scrolling through their phone on their yep. phone yeah this and then you get banned. mad at the fact that people are talking on the side it's like people don't care about the fact no, that you don't. and this random person they haven't met shared a story back in high school one time it, no, no one gives care. a shit and it just it nope. is what it is so that, we did a public service announcement to the <laughs> our last episode no more than two speakers and it should only be one honestly because no one cares yep but the other yeah. thing that we have an issue with is Bryn. Now, when I watched Bryn mm -hmm. flirting with Abe, 
I had an issue with it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was way too much. It's over the top. That's separate from the fact that you're at their anniversary party where they're about to read mm-hmm. their vows. I think that would have been too much in any event. But what did but as a as a woman, what was your take on that scene? I think that people have given her a pass for far too long. Like they're they're almost like normalizing it. Oh, she flirts with everyone. She flirts with the waiter, with the we see that later the, in the episode with the physical trainer. Remember the physical trainer? How would you have handled that if a client was like that over the top? If somebody was moaning while doing kettlebell swings, I'd be like, time out. Oh, not only that, know, just the like, one in the Hamptons yeah. too. That one first. She was all over this that episode. Guy. We heard this. I would have a conversation. I'd be like, if this continues, I'm not comfortable training you. That's right. not why yeah. I'm here. I'm here to make you feel better, feel healthy, feel strong. That's my job. My job's not to make light of sexual jokes with a female mm-hmm. client especially consider I'm married. Like, no, that's not appropriate just because it's a gym setting and you think it's funny to like fuck with the trainer. It's not funny. It's disrespectful to me. It's disrespectful to my wife. It's disrespectful yeah. to my profession. You're making light of my job by doing that sure. because it's like, oh, ha ha. I'm going to flirt with the trainer because like, oh, he's the trainer. I'm going to make a sex joke. No, it's not okay. And, so and that also me. like, at what age does that stop? Like if, if that was like your thing in your twenties, like when does it end? Are you going to be like a 60 year old woman doing that? Probably. I yeah. just feel like people like just ex- specifically, accepted yes. about her. Like, oh, I, I, that's just the way she is. It's like, okay, but it's like an asshole move. Yes. That, it people is. did accept it. And I think you're allowed to say, yes, that's exactly who she is. And then also have an issue with it. You can say yeah. that it's too much and it's kind of annoying to see on screen. And it's getting to the point that it's very disrespectful, as we see with Abe, which was incredibly disrespectful. So it was. I, and she, I, I don't know. And she always tries to downplay it. Sometimes she apologizes, but usually she just downplays and everybody says, that's just Bryn. Let her go. Like, we don't have to. No, mm-hmm. you don't. You can have an issue with what she's doing. And my issue with, you know, I feel like Aaron is totally justified in being upset with both Cy. And Bryn, but when we see later, I think she was also. In, I think she was also embarrassed because it was happening around her family. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I forget agree. the cameras for a second, but like around her family, she's like, because clearly they're not like super tight friends. Maybe she's like, they're probably like, Aaron, you brought these lunatics here, and this woman is like completely hitting on your husband. What is wrong with you? Yeah. No. I, I, I did have an issue with Aaron's sister going over and telling them to quiet down, but yeah, everybody up, else was talking during that. Like. No, she just wanted her like couple of seconds of fame in there. It, that, we could call that out right away. You thought that? Yeah. I thought that about our mom. Her mom seemed. Her mom was she so was, like, very Zsa Gabor. Like, hey, are those the cameras? <laughs> yeah. But I like my that, light. That was better that she was going over there and just being like, yeah, I want to talk to the housewives and I want to be on camera versus Kelly going over there and like being this fake white knight. Hey, everybody in the room's talking there, Kel everybody's talking you went over to this group specifically and i think it was predetermined i think she was going to go over there because she goes over and says you guys are arguing no they're not they were actually just talking yeah that could just be kelly because remember the wreath party she called her sister she's like kelly i just left like you know brin's such a bitch size such a bitch and and she doesn't say bitch she's like they're awful and kelly's like yeah she's a bitch yeah but that's That's how my sister and i talk yeah. Like I would probably go over to party and go, hey, assholes, like there's some speeches, be quiet. But that, I think but like women the in the Northeast would do that. It. They, they yeah, definitely, the they definitely room. would, but their whole room was talking and we could see that. So she could and have gone over to any group number and she, 12. I think them out. she knew that this was going to be on television. Her sister would be like, I looked dumb. Like they, they yeah. embarrassed me. If the cameras yeah. weren't there, I don't think they would have cared. 
Yeah. You're on Kelly's team, I guess. We're not. <laughs> no, I, because I'm probably Kelly. Like if my sister oh. called me and she complains about her friend, I'm gonna go, yeah, she's a, she's a bitch. She that sucks. I'm cool with. That I get. It's more like going up to the group, but let's keep moving. Um, and this will By be way, interesting I to have, get your take. I have been at housewife parties where I'm not on camera. I'm like in the background while things are happening. You'll never see me on camera. But um, you're you're right. There are people that purposely like walk past the plant and stare, and they're like, exactly. hey, and, you're, and they have to cut around them yep. because yeah, they try to get in the frame. That's not surprising at all. But I want to talk about, and this will be interesting because you just interviewed her, but with Jessel and Pavitt, and we'll just lump this in with her mom uh, when they went to lunch, we hear Jessel and Pavitt discussing potentially a third child and mm-hmm. her journey with IVF. And we, again, we've discussed it before. To me, all of her insecurities, all of her outbursts if you want to call them that they all seem rooted in the fact that i think she went through a lot more trauma than she even realizes throughout this process of having the kids and your hormones the hormones are out of control and Mm -hmm. my mom did ivf uh for i have three little sisters 22 17 and 15 and my mom did ivf for the last two and it was a very long and on your process. family and she couldn't even do she's afraid mm-hmm. of needles so when i was a teenager i had to stick her in the um the in butt her butt. Cheek with a injection yeah, yeah. so it's a fatty tissue yeah yeah and i saw you know with her it 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 does wear mm-hmm. a lot because you know the constant testing to see if you are pregnant and then the constant reminder mm-hmm. that oh nope still not pregnant and it's it crushes your soul and for jessel i think that a mm-hmm. lot of who she is and glad, how she's acting aren't you glad she's telling that story I really am. I, like, I think I th- it's I'm great. thinking about it historically, like how many people have really talked about their fertility journey? Not that many. You certainly haven't had people talk about it. And then on and then on top of that, she's from a culture that doesn't speak about infertility at all. In yep. fact, it's embarrassing. And I like that the husband, who seems wonderful, um is expressing concern. And and yeah. and that tells the story of all the family members that the toll it takes on them, as you've just evidenced, um, what happens to them. Other thing I like about Pavit is despite all the like the chatter about their lack of intimacy, you see in the moment in that scene with her and he's telling her you should tell your mother, you have a, a sense of the actual strength of their marriage and probably based on their cultural value of marriage and how it's a slow burn at first. And, you know, it's, it, it doesn't have to be passionate at the beginning. You see how patient he has been because you know what he has been through as the partner, the, Mm -hmm. the, the, the intimate partner, the emotional partner. And he knows she so badly wants another child, but he's up against a season where he is not going to see the version that he, you know, married until like that child, if they should have one, is at least two years old, but he's right. committed to her and their marriage and their family. And you just are like, what a great guy. He's a great guy. I do not care for how she talks to him at all. I think it's rude yeah. as shit. And I don't yeah. like the little put downs. I don't like the fact that she acts like he's a helpless child that can't get himself dressed, can't shop, mm-hmm. can't do anything for himself. Like that kind of shit is not like cute, married, like, oh, that's how I talk about my husband, but he knows I love him. Like I, you- it. It kills and do me. you think that there are some women that watch that and they're thinking, you know what? I'm probably like that to my husband too. I really hope so. Maybe. Because I would I hope so. Yeah. yeah. I think so. I, can't I think stand they are. It. 
Like it, yeah. it, it's not fun. To I thought that he was, I thought that their dynamic was way better in this episode in particular, just because they were talking about something that really affects the two of them yeah, and I not think. just other things. It wasn't just little quips like at him for dressing weird. It was something that was pretty serious and you can actually see their relationship. And those are the things that we kind of hone in on on these shows talking about something real, getting down to your actual relationships, getting into your marriages. Like those are the things that we mm-hmm. want to see as a viewer. We don't always want to see the drama that has to happen inorganically, if you will. We mm-hmm. want to see things like this. So I thought she was a little bit better this episode, but Steele's kind of ingrained it in my mind to look for that way more <laughs> than I probably would have. So yeah. I kind of noticed that a little bit more. Well, it's I for these shows for me, it's sometimes the small things that mean so much. Mm-hmm. Like uh, those yeah. little small moments where she's snippy with him. You are going, what's the history of this marriage? What has happened to her? Why does she think she can treat him like that? Why does he put up with that? Like, will their kids end up being witness to this? Will the, how will that affect their, how they look at marriage and relationships? I like every little small moment on the show is like, it's, I call uh, all of us cultural anthropologists. Wow, we're that's all, a much like, better way to call us Bravo podcasters. Yeah. Well, we're all studying. <laughs> we're just basically studying human behavior. Yeah, right? really. That's a really good way to put it. I, I'll I be hate an when people. I hate it when people put down reality shows like it's garbage. And by the way, the people that ultimately say that, they're like, I don't watch reality shows. And then they're going to tell me like they watched every season of The Bachelor. I'm like, oh, you're yes. so above it. Okay. But really, some of the brightest people I know love reality shows for that reason. It's studying human behavior. Well, it's, it's also the people that put it down usually watch sports, but they can tell you what's going on in the off seasons and what this NBA player is doing on social media and, that's human and who behavior he's hooking too. up with and what's going on with his kids. So yeah, it's the same thing. It's just, a I don't thing. see, I see so many parallels between sport. I mean, clearly I, I cover a ton of sports docuseries yeah. to me. It's the, sometimes the greatest sports docuseries are just like a housewives because it's, you're just learning someone's personal story and how the intersection mm-hmm. of that player with another player's life and what, what makes those two connect more? Like I just interviewed Mark Sanchez about quarterback on Netflix. And I was asking him about like what it's like to be a quarterback and the stresses that you have. And he said, one of the craziest things about being a quarterback is in that moment, in that, like that, that right before that play, you have to know all the different plays, your own plays, you have the screaming fans, you have the pressure of the fans at home and your coaches and you also have to know how to diffuse anxiety in the other players right before a big play. You have mm-hmm. to know them all so well and what their picadillos are and what motivates them and just know them so well in order to make a great play. And I was like, yeah, it's like so much like watching shows about dating or ensemble shows like Housewives. It's all like fine tuning your ability to read another person. Did you ask him about the butt fumble? That's exactly what I was thinking. I, I knew, you're, I I knew what you were thinking over there. I, he was so <laughs> sweet. I was like, I'm not going to be a buzzkill. Um, I was also about the hot dog on the He said all of those things, and he was never good at doing any of those. I'm sorry, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Steele. He was so nice. You know what he was interesting, too? He said that he was uh, recruited to play quarterback. He was like playing a totally different position and was like at a camp. And this coach was like, you know, you really should be a quarterback. He was like, what? Oh, that coach is the it made me cool. think of like all these kids that are like training to be quarterbacks and that here's Mark Sanchez. He was like playing a totally different position and then, you know, was wildly pretty successful. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I don't like Mark right. Sanchez. We, we, but... We're talking about Roni, I think, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but we, I like, like this I'm... though. This, but the, I think to your that... point, the, the 
uh, the parallel we do it all the time we can draw yeah. so many parallels between the sporting world Sport and the bravo world like their contracts crime. true yep. crime. oh yeah the people who watch reality show watch true crime that watch sports docuseries that we all watch the same thing yep we're all like what happened? Who was that person? What predated the incident in order for that to happen? It's all the same mindset. 100%. That's why it's funny when people get on this high horse that, oh, reality TV is trash. It's like everything's trash and we all love it. That's why we watch it. But <laughs> <laughs> let's keep moving. Uh, with Brennan Gideon is the next scene that we get. And Gideon, I want to marry wait, Gideon. Wait, by the way, what does Bryn really do for a living? I don't no know. Idea. She just shows up Not places. the slightest idea. I don't believe this marketing job. Like, nope. Oh, that's what she claimed. I didn't even know that that was her title. I don't know no. what like, she does. What? She just seems to walk into rooms and then everyone has the same reaction every time. Oh, here comes trouble or something along those lines. That's how, that's how she enters the room every time. People react. Gideon genuinely seems like a prince. And I want to marry Gideon because he's oh, extremely no, charming. Not me. Oh, I no. will. He seemed I'll like a Tinder bullet. swindler to me. Yeah, a Tinder swindler is a good way to do it. I mean, when she yeah. was reading that paragraph and she when she said it was a really nice paragraph, I was going through siphoning through all these unsolicited dick pics and canceling <laughs> everything out. And then I saw this guy who said, top of the morning to you. Do you want to get a spot of tea? I thought he was a really nice guy. Like, no, that sounds awful. That was very, Why very cringy. Why did she get all these dick pics? Like, what is she doing? Like, what She said it, she was beta testing Tinder or something, I think. And that's how it happened. But I, I don't know, know if that that's exclusively what? to her. We have a lot of friends from high school in our friend group that are females and they udps unsolicited dick pics are an epidemic what i don't understand the it. world is so that's crazy you didn't know this well i've only received one in my entire life but then i'm like i'm probably not the one they would send them to because i've like <laughs> you know kids and stuff like we, if you're a girl who's yeah, like I don't on think it really matters. bars and stuff <laughs> maybe like, no, or I, maybe it, they would know i go you're gross like why would no. Deep into who, the psyche of a man. If there's a woman a there, yeah. think, why does a man I don't know. think a woman would like a picture of any dick, let alone any strangers? Why? I have no never idea. sent an unsolicited dick pic. I never will send an unsolicited dick pic. I don't understand to it's your weird. credit. I like no woman. What do they expect? We're going to put it in a frame. We're going to put it in our profile picture. <laughs> Nobody looks yeah, at a dick topic. and goes, "Oh, that's attractive." Like, let's be real. Like, it's not, not an attractive person. appendage. Nobody, and that's fine. We no, we understand no. it as men. It's okay, but don't be like, <laughs> like, what the fuck are you going to? What's the goal of an unsolicited dick pic? Like, what is what's the goal? The that is my game? question. What are they going to yeah. look at and go, "Oh"? Let's hang out tomorrow. Like, come yeah, over. Like, are you busy tomorrow? <laughs> Would you like to meet my parents? I feel like we have a future in front of us. Yeah, yeah, so I'm glad really that we weird. could uh, school you on unsolicited dick pics. They are, yeah, they're they're running wow. rampant. They're a real problem. <laughs> they're a real problem. Jeez. But let's keep going. I appreciate between it that with... and people reading on the phone. I've just like what? It yeah, yes. one one in the same really. Because I've same aged thing. out of that. Uh, second weddings, I think, are still like a good ten years away for me. But I like I get invited to a lot of baby showers, not weddings anymore. Yeah, well, next people do speeches at wedding showers or phone. baby showers. I feel like they need no, posts. no, but I'll tell you why you don't want to go to a baby shower is it's like you sit around first of all, the worst food. And then you sit around and watch somebody open gifts, which like, I don't, who wants to watch someone else open a gift and it's dumb gifts. Like, oh my God, you got a bottle warmer, which is a by the way, no one should have a bottle warmer. It's, it's called a microwave. Just heat it up. Weirdos. Yeah. It's so boring. You play dumb games. Let's guess what, you know, what what's in the diaper i mean it's so boring i hope that your you friends know what i did have baby I had... showers listen to your your show and hear you talk about this <laughs> well i will tell you this five children i've had every single 
I had like a party, not a baby shower, karaoke, and everyone was wasted. Oh, there you go. That's, that's, that's a way to do it. Call. I love karaoke. Yes. yes. Because if I'm going to be going through this torture of not being able to drink for nine months, why should you? Why should you go through the dog torturous experience? Well, it's not torture, but you know, not being able to have cocktails. My first baby shower was held at a gay bar in DC. It was like um, late at night, and I sang a duet to the Dirty Dancing soundtrack, which was like so oh, weird. I don't know. Someone song? chose it. Time the one life, at the remember? end, time of my life, and I was lifted into the air. I was seven months pregnant. They did the lift? As if it, you know, the, the end. Swayze lift? Yes, and I was. Wow. Yes, and I was seven months pregnant. Wow. Yeah, that's how I roll. There's a lot you of raw strength involved in that. Really, you know what I mean? really glad they didn't drop you. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be very surprised how it's fine to work out so late in your pregnancy. You wouldn't oh, be surprised. I, but I, trampo- I trampoline jumped my fourth and fifth child right up into the end. Interesting. I wouldn't recommend yeah. that one, but if it's <laughs> No, it was totally fine. It was actually really comfortable because, you know, the pressure, the trampoline was like really comfortable, like very comfortable at the end. Oh, like, wow, just like bouncing on one of a ball it's like the same thing interesting maybe i'll, I'll research I'll to try it out bit. you got to implement yeah, that for your clients I'll, I'll i'll practice it on shooter uh next time there, there you go. um but let's keep cruising <laughs> we're almost done this episode but the scene with jessel and her mom discussing ivf finally and opening up to her mom this scene was probably my favorite jessel moment it felt the realest mm-hmm. it felt like i was finally able to and I don't know if she feels the need to put on this like tough exterior to to be defensive amongst everybody because of her backstory, because she's an immigrant in New York, because I don't know exactly why she acts the way that she does all the time. But to see her break down that wall and have this conversation with her mom, really open up and and discuss how this affected her, why she was afraid to tell her mom that she's been carrying this secret for a really long time. This mm-hmm. is by far my favorite Jessel moment. And I hope that this is kind of a, a diving board to leap further into actually finding out how she ticks instead of just getting defensive and being mean. But do you think that this, and obviously you have more info because you've talked with her. Do you think that this is a turning point for her where she's going to start to kind of settle in as a housewife? Um, I don't know. It's hard. I asked her like, what's going on the rest of the season? She says the trip to Anguilla gets a little crazy. I think she's just still, I think it takes like a good two years for you to be completely back to your own body and body, meaning not just physically, but like your brain wiring after a baby. And I think she's having some sort of realization that the toll that it took on her I mean, when, after you have a baby, like I, you know, every child I'm like, you know, two weeks after, like I can go work out. I can do it. And your doctor's like, chill the fuck out. Like what? And women, we have to like get back in the thick of like working and taking care of people. And you sometimes forget that you need your time. It takes time to go back. So I sort of feel like in a very short period of time with the filming and spending so much more time probably with her mother and her husband, she's having some sort of realization on camera. Like I, and I haven't realized how, how hard this has been on me. This, the, the experience of fertility, having the boys then act, getting acclimated to a life. Also women that waiter wait later to have children. I think they have a harder time 
recalibrating to the life with children and she had twins and right, she's right. still trying to work. And I think she, in, in these moments, she's realizing like, I have been a horrible version of myself and taking it out on other people because I haven't felt right in my body. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Chris Gethard, and I'm very excited to tell you about Beautiful Anonymous, a podcast where I talk to random people on the phone. I tweet out a phone number, thousands of people try to call, I talk to one of them, they stay anonymous, I can't hang up, that's all the rules. I never know what's going to happen. We get serious ones. I've talked with meth dealers on their way to prison. I've talked to people who survived mass shootings. Crazy funny ones. I talked to a guy with a goose laugh, somebody who dresses up as a pirate on the weekends. I never know what's going to happen. It's a great show. Subscribe today, Beautiful Anonymous. Hi, I'm Chris Gethard, and I'm very excited to tell you about Beautiful Anonymous, a podcast where I talk to random people on the phone. I tweet out a phone number, thousands of people try to call, I talk to one of them, they stay anonymous, I can't hang up, that's all the rules. I never know what's going to happen. We get serious ones. I've talked with meth dealers on their way to prison. I've talked to people who survived mass shootings. Crazy funny ones. I talked to a guy with a goose laugh, somebody who dresses up as a pirate on the weekends. I never know what's going to happen. It's a great show. Subscribe today, Beautiful Anonymous. That's fair. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I, I think that they've done a really good job this season of kind of introducing us to each and every one of them, kind of like a step away. Like we give them enough time by themselves for us to kind of dive into their background and see who they are, what makes them tick. And each episode is sort of independent, independent of that. And we finally got Jessel, unfortunately, because, you know, after the first six episodes, Steele and I were looking at it like she's kind of getting on our nerves. She's getting annoying. We don't know what makes her tick. We can't figure any of this out. Now we get her to finally sit down. And like you said, to her having this realization on camera is awesome. I mean, it's beautiful to see something it's like that. It's refreshing too, because Housewives historically has been like presenting this woman like she is 50 years old and she's had a bunch of kids and she yep. has a plastic face. And I just prefer more of this, which is yeah. like having children takes a toll mentally and physically. Mm -hmm. And now on top of that, I have to nurture the relationship with my partner and I have to somehow figure out how to make my own income, be an independent person and feel like I have uh, built a life that my children can be proud of. Mm -hmm. And I feel like they're telling a better story by showing the, the layers of difficulty that is for women, especially women who choose to have children later. Versus the the prior imagery, which was like, like I just had a baby. I have a flat stomach. I have like a face that looks like it's been facelifted. Yeah. And, you know, my dick husband, like he's an asshole. And now it's like, you know, these are women that are really multi-layered. But I love that Jessel and her husband are showing that they're putting the work in to make their marriage work versus mm -hmm. like, that asshole and he left me for a younger secretary it, the, the trope is like i think it's too old Played out. and it is. i'm glad it's... they're moving into something that's a little bit more relatable relatable more real. i think that, yeah. that kind of goes with what you were saying about are there women that are sitting out there watching jessel and pat interact saying 
do I talk to my husband like that? Am I, think I kind there of an asshole? Ton. This is yeah, that on like a greater level, like seeing what there, she's yeah. going through and her kind of coming mm-hmm. to terms with that, talking to her mom who really has no idea what any of this is about. And she's completely foreign to the whole thing. And by the way, I crazy felt like to that see. too. Like yeah. I can be an asshole to my husband too. I'm sure a lot of you like, it's the end of the day. You're exhausted. Your day started at six. You have not only all these kids to navigate their, their school, their schedules, their, their medical care. Then you have a job on top of it. Then your husband comes home and he's like, Hey, can you come over here? And like, you know, I, they want affection or just attention and you lose your shit because you're tired. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I don't have a fucking ounce to give another human being right now. And it only is with the gift of being on a show like this, where you are actually confronted by the way you talk that you can go, I'm an asshole mm-hmm. and I got to work on my marriage. That, was that so is insightful. pretty, that's pretty impressive that it is. They can look at that and make changes. And I think they help a ton of people in the process. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, that is. I agree. And, and I'm sure some people probably wouldn't agree with that. Some people like to watch these shows just because they can turn it on in the background and like laugh and get mad about things and not have oh, and to feel cool any too. real feelings. Yeah, that's cool too. I'm okay yeah. with that. I get that. Just yeah. be honest with that. If that's why you dislike something, then say that. Don't say mm-hmm. it's annoying and I can't relate to these women because well, what they're doing is trying be to be relatable. Can- it can be entertaining and introspection. Yes. Introspective yep. too. That's what's so great about it. We're really, really getting into it. Same thing with sports docu series like BS High. You're gonna go, What I'm so excited the to hell watch is going on? At the same time, you're gonna go, Sports like if I you're gonna be like, if I have children, I really gotta like be realistic with my children. It's like all the that's the best and unscripted experience is if it takes you on that roller coaster ride. You right. want all those things. It's like umami burger. You want all of the taste like in the whole experience. Now we're talking. <laughs> but <laughs> let's finish this up. Uh the last scene is the wreath making party. And the highlight of this one is we finally get Aaron confronting both Sai and Bryn at the same sit down and both this is what pisses me off. And I'm not the biggest Aaron fan. Aaron has taken the most shit this whole season between the house in the Hamptons, the food, the food at the party, people leaving her. Like she has had to deal with a lot of nonsense. And I think that she has rolled it off of her shoulder fairly well. I think she's pretty good at moving on and being like, that's fucking like annoying. A true but New Yorker. Yeah. yeah. But in this scene, she actually confronts Cy, who is incredibly rude, didn't say goodbye, Irish goodbye on TV from her party. Bryn flirted on camera with her husband at their 10 year anniversary party. Both are genuine gripes to have with the person and both people write her off. They don't give her the time of day. Sai says, I don't care. I do not care that I left your party early. Your food sucked after she gets there and complains about the food at the wreath party. Then with mm-hmm. Bryn, everyone in the group's like, Oh, that's just Bryn. Like we talked about earlier. It's like, that doesn't yeah. matter if this pissed her off, which it should have because it was completely inappropriate then you need to sit there and hear her out. You can't write it off as, oh, that's just Bryn. No, Cy, you were a dick. You left early. Bryn, you were a dick. You flirted with her husband at their anniversary party. Those are both not cool things. She has a right to be upset, but instead, everyone seems to kind of just write her off as, oh, Aaron's being over, like she's overreacting again. Aaron's too emotional. Aaron, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And it it drove me nuts. And I don't even like Aaron. I think What's your stance? Sai said in the episode when she was talking to her husband, because of the way I grew up, I'm just harsh. And her husband's like, yeah, it like sometimes it's not great. Yeah, it's not an excuse. I think she's, 
I think she's right now in a space where she's kind of like lean to it, into it. Like, that's just me. It's kind of funny. Like, like I'm just. Do you think that's for you, the like camera, or do you think that's what she's no, doing? No, I think in that's life. who she who she really is right okay. now yeah. at that moment that we're watching. Right. And I think because of this television experience, she's gonna go. There are so many people that hate me because of that. And she's going to have to learn to soften. Yep. It may have taken an experience of being on a television show to watch that, but that's a lot of a defense, like a coping mechanism. Mm -hmm. Like it clearly doesn't sound like she was taken care of as uh, certainly emotionally as a child. And you kind of put those walls up. Like if you can't take it, like I had to take it. I had to be tough. I didn't have somebody coddling me. There is a point when you start to have children and you're certainly when you, as your children get older, you're confronted with their um, their own needs and their life experiences. And you rethink like, oh shit, I set the precedent for this because they're not being um, open with me or their reactions are a little off. And it's because I set the tone. I think she's represents the woman that's kind of in that space where she's kind of lived a certain way because of the conditions of her childhood. And now because of her kids, she's going to go, I need to rethink the way I look at the world and myself. And that's cool. I think that's do you cool. you think that yeah. she will do that? Do you I think, think so she because she's, better? well, it's one of two things. She'll either watch it with introspection and go, I could see why she, she's going to be the kind of person that goes, I can see why that looked really awful. And I didn't show any humanity or, and this is the big problem that the housewives have is that it's the circle of people who they encircle themselves with who tell them and sometimes i'm sorry it's like instagram accounts that make it even the worst like they want them to lean into the dep depravity right they like mm -hmm. you like you, you're an icon you're a legend and they're acting like horrible human beings the, the meme culture has celebrated that yep. and if they've got like an assistant and a makeup artist and publicist and like somebody who does brand deals and they're like, Oh no, no, like this is totally working. You're getting more engagement. Like do, lean into that. That's the problem is that they oftentimes go the other side where they become a monster because they were rewarded with attention and monetarily. And so it has to take great sense of uh, strength to go. I'm going to be somebody beyond this show. Right. And who I, how I conduct myself on the show is going to set the tone for the rest of my life and my relationships and business opportunities. So if I'm a disgusting human being in scenes, like who doesn't have empathy, that's going to affect any other job I get moving forward. A lot of people get addicted to fame and they like the attention and the instant gratification of someone going, you're a legend. And they end up losing completely like the sense of themselves. I just pictured Sai getting an ad deal with Uber Eats, just saying like, whenever you're hungry and your friends aren't feeding you, Uber Eats is there for you. And then Sai's in the picture. But if she's like offered like a big paycheck, she's got to go. Like she needs people, like she needs that husband of hers who seems wonderful to go. David seems great. Yeah. Is it yeah, really worth it awesome. to you? I mean, I suspect that he did quite well and he's she's in a position like 40 where something. Yeah. she doesn't have to take deals the way that, you know, somebody else may, but. Right. She needs someone like him to go, is this really worth the money? I think he and, will. I mean, from what we've seen, the little bit of him that we've seen on screen, yeah. it seems like he does have 
at least they do have a good relationship and it seems like they talk pretty openly. So hopefully that happens. And honestly, if reality TV is going to get you to fix the things that aren't good about yourself, that's a win for everybody in our industry. I think therapy, baby. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. T- TV therapy. Well, we're, we're cultural anthropologists and yep. we're arm, we're armchair psychologists too. Well, I have yeah, to start all... making some t-shirts. Yeah. yeah, much better ways to say Bravo podcast. I'm going to start saying <laughs> these things instead. I like that better. I'm a cultural anthropologist. Cultural anthropologist, armchair psychologist. Solid. That's solid. Well, that does it for the episode. Um, as far as with this, and then we'll wrap it up, but with this reboot being quote unquote successful, I understand that the numbers aren't quite there yet as far as the ratings go. But Bravo as a whole seems to be in on the reboot idea. And they're doing Atlanta, or rumor has it that Atlanta is getting rebooted. The one question I have for you, what would be your next choice of a reboot other than Atlanta? Um, Salt Lake City. I think that really? needs a reboot. I want to see a Salt Lake City, which is more about the Mormon influencer. Because that's such a big too. part of their culture there. Like, yeah, I, I would love, love that to shit. See- I like that. Like, and that's a very Gen Z story. I would like to see that like very young couples with their kids and how they make, um, mega businesses out of social media. Like that to me would be really interesting to watch. But I wonder if the Mormon church would allow that to happen. Like we're getting the story of getting away from it. But I think you'd be actually surprised because it is in a sense, like, and if you've watched the the documentary on the Duggar family, they'd speak to this is that yeah. it's almost like a new um, platform for proselytizing, not just mm-hmm. um, for any church really is that the imagery is meaningful in social media, especially for younger people. Like they look like they're such in a great marriage. They have these adorable kids. They have perfect outfits. Look at the property you can buy in Utah. How many people in major cities are like sitting, scrolling through Instagram and like, we moved to Utah, we could get a house four times the size as this. And everybody seems happy. And my interest is like, what happens behind those stories? Like, what's the reality? So interesting. Yeah. So that would be that, that to me, there, there is, um, one woman in particular who I have always suggested for real houses in Salt Lake city. She's so fascinating. They have five kids and I, remember I had her review Real Housewives of Salt Lake City and um, her husband came on afterward and I was like, you look like a serial killer. And he was like, I know I get that all the time. And because he laughed about it, I was like, you guys would be so great for the show because they let things roll off their back. (laughs) Well, he was, he's just kind of like a lurker, you know, like the kids and the mom were like the center, but he was kind of like in the background and there are all these Reddit threads about him and Mm -hmm. Like people are in Utah are, you are sure obsessed he's not with them. a serial killer? I mean, he could be, but even better because I like true crime stuff. But I thought like he's, they have a good sense of humor. And she, I remember she said, well, we don't drink, but like we will go out. Like Holy we'll blood. hang out with really everybody. And it was like, you're perfect. <laughs> you're perfect. But yeah, that the Mormon story, I think the influencer thing would be really interesting. Yeah, it's definitely what they, yep. But how about anything coming up? We got Jessel's interview with you coming out on Thursday. What else you got? Um, Well, every Monday I put out an episode on what to watch. So I tell you what to watch in unscripted television. So when you go to katecasey.substack.com, every Monday you get an email 
And I tell you at least like eight or nine things in different categories, true crime, sports, ensemble shows, dating. I find things from every different kind of network. So you can just use it as a guide. And you can also go to the archival list if you miss something this summer or whatever. And then Tuesday through Friday, I interview the filmmakers or the talent behind reality shows, docuseries and documentaries. And then on Saturdays, I I do uh, more of a personal episode where I tell a part of my story or interview somebody that I have found to be inspiring or interesting. Um, so six episodes a week. And I, I can recommend BS High if you love sports. I think that's excellent. There's an ABC uh, docuseries coming out ne- next week called Never Let Him Go about a brother who's um, a younger brother was murdered in Australia and it took him 30 years to track down who the killer was. So that's really good if you like true crime. Um, next week, uh, Selling the OC is back for season two on Netflix, which is like a real estate show, which is insane. It's like on steroids. It's the mm-hmm. sister show to Selling Sunset. Um, and also this week, Love is Blind after the altar where they bring the seat, the, the cast back who got married a year later. And you get to find out like what's really happening in their marriages. Um, and then I'm, I covered um, Real Houses of Orange County this week and uh, Sister Wives. And I think I'm doing a true crime on Friday. All right. So lots Perfect. to look forward to. Oh, and there. join I the might... Facebook group. Join the Facebook group, Reality Life with Kate Casey too. There you go. You hear that? Go join Kate Casey's Facebook group. For us, as usual, uh, just Bravo underscore bros on all the socials. Uh YouTube, I always forget the YouTube one. Subscribe at Brow Bros Podcast. But other than that, stay tuned with the bros. We got a lot of things in the works that we can't talk about yet. Um, I know we've been saying that for a few weeks, but just trust us. It's it's coming Your soon. Thing, yeah. yeah, we love doing that. No, we just I, I think I on. know what it is. It's good. It's good. Right? Yeah, I know it, you right? Know, always you know always always the the I know it. Yes, you know one of the I know things. things. A couple, okay, good. But yes, you know, and it is good. So stay tuned, but... Kate, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. So pleasure. Fun. Always nice to have a, a fellow Philadelphian in the mix. You're you just damn get right. It. You get it. You know, you're you damn it. right. Let's go get a hoagie. <laughs> yeah, let's go get a hoagie. Hell yeah. All right, Scoots, you got anything? Nope, I'm good. Thanks, Kate. All right, thank Rob you. Rose, we're out of here. <laughs>